Welcome to the Wrestle Down Pandemic Edition. <laughs> yes, we are here in our bunker, preventing us from getting the coronavirus. Um, knock knock. Who's there? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Who? You. Wash your hands, man. At least twenty seconds. Okay, you gotta sing Happy Birthday, Keaton, or part of Judas. Probably up, <laughs> probably up through the chorus, I would assume. Oh man, I should do. I should start to do that. I've been doing Happy Birthday in Toto's Africa. Oh, it's yeah. supposed to uh, time out that well, but Judas yeah. is a great idea. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, we'll see. So this week we got we decided to cover two shows. But did you watch anything else that you wanted that was interesting, worth like noting? Uh, let's see. I've been listening to AEW's Unrestricted podcast. Uh, they were interviewing John Moxley, and I'm about ten minutes into that, getting an idea of what sixteen-year-old John Moxley was like. Uh, he lied a lot. Okay. He stole a lot. Um, Did he cheat a lot? Time. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a young Eddie Guerrero in that okay. sense. Yeah. Um, but it was getting into uh, how he was like trained to wrestle and how he was like a huge fan, a fanatical kind of mm. kid about it. So nice. that's been enjoyable. Keep it up with New Day's podcast, which is super strong. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, GM Odin, uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, Up, Up, Down, mm. Down's um, Austin Creed versus Prince Pretty. Prince Pretty has a commanding lead still. Okay. Yeah, lots of wrestling stuff. They're very good at their GM stuff. Um, Tyler Breeze is. Xavier <laughs> Woods is mediocre. Okay, well, give Tyler Breeze the book. He's not doing anything else anyway. That's true. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you want any um, mint Oreos, they're right behind you. Excellent. Or, mint, uh, Girl Scout cookies. Mint Girl Scout cookies. Appreciate it. Yeah, I should probably edit that part out, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta subscribe. Yeah, you gotta subscribe for me to do my job. <laughs> Not even for the cookies. <laughs> you can have the cookies. There, 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 there are four of them left. If we don't eat them, Alyssa will. <laughs> if you can find the bunker, you can have the cookies. Yeah, but if you can find the bunker, we will shoot you on contact. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not on sight. We'll look at you plenty, but as soon as you bump into us, bang, bang, yeah. Cactus Jack style. Yeah, well, you can't catch the coronavirus by looking at somebody so far. <laughs> I don't think you can catch any virus by someone just looking at you. Every virus is always involved, evolving. This is true. So you never know which one's going to be the first one to get caught by sight. If the video game Spore taught us anything, it's that everything's going to crash. And also, things are constantly evolving. Yeah, that was a fun game mm -hmm. uh, for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then it crashed. <laughs> I was thinking of the game Everything as you were talking. Mm. And then I was like, oh yeah, Spore, the one that was like... It was supposed to be like SimCity for evolution, and it kind of was, except it was very limiting, I found. Yep. But I put chicken legs on a thing, and it was very cute. <laughs> uh, what what have I done? I've been still going through DDT stuff. I, we tried to watch uh, the TJPW women's match from uh, Ultimate Party, but we couldn't get it to work on my computer because things are being slow. Uh, I'll figure that out. It's it's a new apartment. It's a new internet. It's a new world. We're all basically the pods from the Matrix now. Yeah. So, you know. What you had mentioned was that it was a free match we were trying to watch, so yeah. it could be a good sign that so many people are checking it out because it's free. Yes, I actually think it's the computer or my internet connection in that room, but I don't know which. I think it might be the computer, mm -hmm. but we'll figure it out, or I'll figure it out sometime. Uh, yeah, DDT's putting a bunch of free shit on... Um, on their website on ddtpro.com and I feel like a sucker for signing up uh, and paying money for it but it's all good it's all worth watching some stuff hasn't been uploaded yet so they're just taking this time to upload some of the backlog uh, stardom's doing the same thing 
Um, but yeah, one of the shows that I want to watch out of there, they did a show in an empty Tokyo Dome. Not for disease reasons. Just for fun. Just because they have a whole uh, sub-company for street fighting or quote-unquote street fighting, which is where, yeah, they just do wrestling in weird places. That's where they did the, the water park oh. uh, thing. And I think they also did a, one at a zoo recently. Now, when you say street fighting, do you mean just kind of a different version of pro wrestling, or do you mean like MMA shoot fighting? I mean like a different version of pro wrestling. Okay. They're basically walking around gingerly doing creative shit with whatever setting they're in. It sounds like almost kabuki death matches. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was fine. Uh, Alyssa and I watched um, the Water Park show. Mm. Um, I think it's like an hour and 13 minutes, so it's not long at all. Uh, some parts are tedious, but then, like, every time I was like, I'm going to turn this off and watch something more interesting, something fucking happened. Like, you had Na Michael Nakazawa uh, laying out a bunch of paddle boards to just skip across the water, and then, obviously, <laughs> jumping on the first one and just falling into the water. Yeah! Uh, there's a bunch of people throwing uh, others down a water slide to dropkick someone at the end of the slide. Yeah! Uh, Chris Brooks doing a figure four leg lock on somebody and while they were trying to escape pulling both of them down the water slide at the same time and also reversing it and i don't know if that part was intentional or not nice the you know reversing it's like turning them over so the pressure applies on the guy applying the hold i mean it, you have to be a very creative wrestler and using your environment in every match and yeah that's especially true in a water park yes yeah it was weird Alyssa was like are the, are the people watching this like did they know this was happening, or they were they just in the water park and just happened to be there? And I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, and who knows? Camera's rolling, baby. It's all part of the show. Yep, delightful. Uh, yeah, so check out DDT while they have some free stuff on their site. Uh, for the, I think they will stop putting things uh, up at the end of the month. Mm. Uh, they'll, they'll go back to being paid, but who knows? The... Uh, coronavirus pandemic is supposed to not even crest until May. So we'll see how things turn out for everybody. <laughs> People who can't see me because it's an uh, audio podcast, my eyes started twitching. Yeah. Not because of uh, the virus directly, but indirectly. Yeah. And what that's going to mean for everyday life. Yes, if the if the virus had a, a, an eye twitching component to the the what are they called the symptoms uh i would be worried but it doesn't so that's just dennis being dennis hooray hey hey <laughs> he's not fixed yet but we'll figure it out along with the wife it might be related to the wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> if you can unplug me and then plug me back in to whatever universal modem that there is uh i don't know how to plug you that seems like someone else's <laughs> job <laughs> this is fair i know who to call for that uh, but she, I don't know her number yet. That's fair. It was her birthday this week. Yeah, My girlfriend, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> good happy birthday to Sarah. Hooray. Yeah, she's delightful. I had a good time at her party. I played a game called Too Many Poops. It was about cats. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There was no professional wrestling or any kind of style fighting at the party. It was just a good time. Yeah, just competitive uh, board gaming. Cat pooping. Yeah. My cat pierogi got kidnapped, and then everyone at the table... Took turns. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Took turns uh, stealing him so that he could never return home. Yep. He ended up in the wild. Yeah. We were, he was free and away from Dennis's tyranny. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to cover two shows this week 
Um, because there were only two shows. Yeah. Um, that's not true. We there was like a Raw and some AEW and NXT stuff, but we haven't had time to watch those. And there were two big events overshadowing everything. Uh, at least in my opinion, we start with Saturday Night Stardom Wrestling. Mm. No audience. Oh, no people gate. No people show. Yeah, they did a show at Carquin Hall, which is normally their big pay per view wish uh, show on their circuit. No people in the audience. Yeah. Uh, what a delight. Very bold. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, given the circumstances, it's the company making do. They can yeah. either cancel the shows entirely like New Japan's been doing and replace them with something else, or just run a show. And <laughs> it's very interesting to watch professional wrestling uh, in front of no audience. The only thing I can think of that sticks out was when... Uh, would be like the halftime shows during Super Bowls, like yep. Mankind versus The Rock springs to mind. Right, and I even think of the NXT one they did a few years back had an audience. Mm. I, I think it did. Yeah, yeah. I think they must have done that. They did it like the middle of a regular NXT show, right? I, I Something thinking. like that. I I can't remember if it took place live. I think it did. But yeah, just the same. There were people to watch it. Um, but for this whole Super Show, yeah, yeah, Jushin Thunder Liger on commentary, mm -hmm. which was very cool. The fact that. Bushi Road owns stardom, and you're starting to see some connections in terms of like production value, mm -hmm. but also like star presence was very cool. Yeah, they um yeah Liger on commentary, which is you know they don't normally have commentary. Mm -hmm. That's a, a big difference between the two. Um, let's see, and obviously the no audience threw some of the wrestlers off in some ways, at least in cute ways. Yeah, like um I think it was Tamu came out and like looked around and was like, oh nobody's. Always here, and then she just went walked to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people adjusted to it like that. Some people were exactly the same, which was also charming. Like Death Yama. Oh who yeah, continues to be just like one of my favorite people in all of stardom. Yeah, did not break stride in any of her mannerisms of just like death, 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 Yama, death. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I mean it's free on YouTube still. Uh, Stardom World uploaded it recently with uh, the pre-match promos and com uh, post-match uh, subtitles that we're all used to at this point. But, you know, uh, it was still an enjoyable show without them, and I did not, I wouldn't have noticed if I wasn't just like, I wonder what Stardom's up to now while well, they're not doing any shows. Uh, so, yeah, uh, what'd you think? Um, about the whole show in general? Yeah, overall, yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I think yeah. that there's not a lot of shows that are like it, um, in terms from any company, yeah. and they made the absolute best of it that they could. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the Battle Royale to start. Yeah, let's start with the Battle Royale. They, uh, started with, uh, a Battle Royale with an unnamed number of people, so it was kind of unpredictable. Yep. So you had some surprise entrants, uh, like, um... Momo Nakanishi. Yes, Momo Nakanishi, uh, me... Who's the other uh, older wrestler who... Uh, Mimi Shimoda. Yes, yeah. Two legends uh, showing up. And, oh, Keaton found his fake mouse again. All yeah, right. yeah, good That's job. That's what he's been running around for. Yeah, so they showed up. Uh, Momo has not been... Um, she hasn't wrestled regularly since, like, 2011 or something like that. It had been a long time. Yeah, yeah. it's a long time. So she was a... She would have been a surprise to the audience, but there was no audience. No. Nope. Uh, so it's just a surprise to home viewers and people who, uh, you know, know their Joshi wrestling. And just like a big tip of the hat for the commitment they had to the bit of her being in the show and, yeah. it, and um, her trying to pretend that she wasn't who she was. She yeah. came with a big pink mask. Yep. 
that said Momo on it. <laughs> the two wrestlers who were in the... I think, it, yeah, because at that point it was Azumi and uh, Death Yama. They yeah. watch her come out and there's like, you're Momo. She's like, no, I'm not yeah. Momo! Yeah. Like, no, you're Momo. We're going to pull your mask up. She's yeah. like, no, don't! I think it might be Momoe, but like, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, but she like she even did the Death, Death, Death Yama, Death thing uh, to try to fool them, and it didn't work. No. <laughs> she, <laughs> she spent most of the match kind of on the apron, like, screaming. <laughs> yeah. And helping out. The, and but the, she definitely did that. She hit a yeah. lot of like points as a comedy wrestler, but she also held a lot of spots together in sequences. Yep. And it caught me. It least had me thinking about. It feels like women's professional wrestling, at least Joshi women's. Yep. That is, yeah. Japanese professional wrestling for ladies. It doesn't feel like there's a long established history. So whenever I feel, whenever I feel like I'm watching somebody who was very active and famous from I don't know, like 15, 20 years ago, I'm just yeah. like. Yeah, no, you're still talented. You're still really good. Yeah, a lot of them just quit because of the, the life. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, so that was cool to see some new people. Also, some surprise entrance uh, in the way of Captain Stardom. Yep. Uh, and the ultimate winner of the match, Super Strong Starlight Machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, I watched this back a few times because I was trying to get the name right. It's a long name. Super yeah. Starlight Machine, Super Strong Saya Machine. Because it was uh, Saya Ida. Yes. She, yeah. Yeah, In she, theory. That's true. We didn't see this person unmasked, so it yeah. could have been anyone yeah. who's four foot nine. <laughs> Anybody who's four foot nine and wears a lot of green. True. <laughs> so it really, it, I mean, it could have been Drake Maverick. Yeah, it could have been anybody. Yep. Uh, can, Drake, can Drake Maverick hold a Captain America shield? With uh, that silver with a green star on it, who knows? The, it was so charming the yeah. Captain Stardom outfit because there was a big homemade <laughs> like giant star shield that absolutely looked like tin foil and yeah. construction paper. Yep. With like there was a, like a, a cape that was like that looked like a bed sheet. <laughs> yeah. It it looked like the the kid's ideal of I'm gonna go be a wrestler too, mom. Yeah. And yeah, she got disposed of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She lasted a fairly decent amount of time. True, true. <laughs> Not really doing much. I think she was on the outside, like, waiting to, for her spots, but, like, she stuck around for a while. She yep. stuck around longer than Sayaida. That's true. That loser. Yeah. That loser rookie. Who got disposed of by Azumi. Yeah. Azumi has no time for rookies. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, but then the ultimate winner was Super Strong Starlight Machine, <laughs> who, I don't remember the outfit as well as Captain Stardom. But it wasn't very different. Right. Um, <laughs> Still it, like a luchador mask on a green bodysuit. Pretty much. Um, but I, I really like this as an opener. I feel like yeah. <clears throat> anybody who may have been watching Stardom for the first time can get a handle for the balance that they strike between being very wacky and also being pretty good yeah. Joshi wrestling. Yep. Uh, Konami was in there. Azumi was in there. Yeah. Um, like midway through the match, there was just a very good like three-minute sequence with Tom Nakano and... Uh, uh, Konami. Yep. Just a random bit of good wrestling in between all the comedy bits. Yep. There was a big long line of leg locks that uh, <laughs> Natsu, who the former now leader of Oedo Tai, just yeah. decided to uh, not even spit, but just like drop water out of her mouth on people. Yep, she did that. She also, <laughs> I love the detail where she got to uh, Captain Stardom, or yeah, Captain Stardom, and she adjusted the mask so that she could spray cold spray right in the eyes yep that's good healing folks. <laughs> yeah yeah she's good at this um i don't think she was ever the leader of oyotai was that never official i don't think so okay i think she's just like she's like a mascot yeah she's like the face of the company okay yeah her face of the the faction yeah yeah good battle royale uh that led directly into uh super strong starlight machine 
possibly high on her own super strong starlight supply. Power. Yeah. <laughs> her super strong starlight supply, yeah. Um, calling out Natsuko Tora, whose match was uh, canceled. Uh, Data said he caught on the, the um, subtitles, uh, the, the auto-translate that uh, Ariso Shiki might have a concussion or some kind of injury. They were, yeah, she was under observation for either some kind of neck or head injury, which yeah. makes perfect sense. On top of a pandemic, you don't need somebody to get more physically injured. So yeah. it's not, a shame. Especially not for no audience. Yeah. So she doesn't get, uh, so Natsuko Toro was supposed to face her for their, their white belt, their uh, IC title equivalent. Yep. Uh, but instead got to dispose of the super strong Starlight machine, which is too bad. Uh, I guess that machine needs more of whatever makes starlight super strong moonlight (laughs) (laughs) yeah you put moonlight in the back of it and then you turn the crank a little bit then you get super strong starlight it's a it's one of the things in stardew valley actually yeah and anybody who's just been itching for more engineering material in this podcast there you go yeah i mean who knows i who knows what we're gonna deliver now that <laughs> now that neither of us are gonna see the outside world ever again. It's true. Um, our brains are gonna be warped. We won't know what reality is. Wrestling's all we're gonna have. Assuming that the internet. Oh my goodness. We yeah. We could make our own matches. <laughs> right, Keaton. And then review them. Assuming everyone's seen them. This is gonna be excellent. <laughs> our lives are crazy. I have a lot of GI Joes. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. I have stuffed animals. <laughs> uh, we can have a super show. What's stopping us? <laughs> nothing. Nothing is stopping us. Suck it, coronavirus. Bring your G.I. Joes here. Just don't cough on them and wash them first. This is fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the next match was... <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. the match. The match, pretty quick. Yeah. They brawled a bit. Natsuko Tora, I think, debuted a new finisher. I don't think I've seen her use it. Mm. It was like a... What? It was like that neckbreaker Okada does, but then ended with a sidewalk slam basically yeah kind of thing it, it makes sense for the match to be short assuming that the machine is who we think they are yeah um because at that point would have wrestled for like 25 30 minutes on top of then wrestling again yep um it would have been nice if they had had an, another title match of some kind here because they got the three-person title yeah they got they got a lot of belts but yeah doing what they can yep definitely i feel like everybody who would have been able to do the three title belt as like either a challenger or as the champion was probably involved in another match. Yeah. Uh, which kind of limited their options. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's fine. I kind of wish they'd done something a little bit stronger because uh, yeah, all the rest of the matches aren't singles matches traditionally. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the next one we got Hanakamura versus Jungle, uh, Hanakamura and Jungle Kiona versus Julia and Micah. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked this. Yeah, I did too. It, it was a great showcase from Jungle, Jungle Kiona. Yep. Um, oh, you missed the uh, subtitles on this one, right? I I did. I, I've seen some screen caps that are highlighting certain things, and I, I feel like a lot of the subtitles are like relevant to what was talked about after the match. Yeah. Um, here, so after the match, uh, Jungle Kiona got the win over Micah. Uh, she called Julia a lukewarm lemon brook. What does that mean? Uh, she meant lemoncello. Aww. The drink. The the lemon-based uh, liquor. Yeah. Um, but she, <laughs> Julia would said, learn to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hannah said that, uh, or Julia said that Hannah Kimura loves, loves, loves her. And Hannah did not look sure of that. Nope. And also, 
Uh, Julia promised that once you get a taste of this, you'll like it, but you're never gonna ask for it anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, suck paradox. Get a mouthful of things that are oppositional. I, I am not sure how intentional it is. All the things Julia says. I, I, I'm like 75% sure it is, but on the other hand, it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> And, and hey, I'm into it because it's unlike anything else. And it's yeah. captivating. Yep, she's great. Yeah, she, and, she and Hannah are great together. Yep. Julia has been a very fun surprise for me as somebody who's very new to stardom. Yeah. It, I feel like it's taken me a while, almost like on a learning curve, to understand what makes a lot of the, the wrestlers great. Mm-hmm. Um, Jungle Kiona is still the first person I latched on immediately. I'm like, okay, I get this person. Yeah, she's, a, she's an underdog. She's great. Yeah. And Julia, I'm just like, yeah, you're just a dick. Yeah. And you're, but you're also very good at it. Yeah, she's a great heel. And she's got a, I guess Micah's only been wrestling for nine months. Which wow. Was, yeah, she's insanely impressive for that, like, barometer. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, Jungle got the win and she challenged Julia, which hopefully we eventually get to see. Mm. Um, I think Kiona also had a red belt title match against Mayu that was supposed to happen that didn't because of the virus, which sucks. Yep. Uh, yeah, so after that, we had another tag match uh, for the Goddess of Stardom Tag Championships. Yep. B. Priestley and Jamie Hayter uh, facing Momo Watanabe and... Utami Hayashishita. Yeah. Uh, okay, there, I, I cut it off. I zoomed in too much. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, another good tag match. I kind of mm. wish they didn't have so many tag matches right. on the show, like back-to-back, but, like, another good one. Yep. It's a different story. And you mentioned this, like, uh, Jamie Hayter has the UWA title, too, which still not entirely sure. Uh, kind of... SWA. SWA. But, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, it ties up some things. Not really sure of the significance of that belt. Yeah. But, yeah, um, this match was good. I feel like I've seen a lot of Utami in title matches lately. Mm. So, honestly, I'd like to see other people challenging. Right, yeah. I mean, she literally right after this, uh, say, uh, uh, what's her, Kamitaya? Um, I'm not sure. I kept trying to look up her name, and all I could find was Tall Saya. Yeah, well, Tall Saya uh, comes out. She's a rookie, mm. and she says that Utami and I should challenge for the tag titles next. Yep. Which, I guess, she did uh, come very close to winning the Battle Royale. Yeah, that she's the new member of Queen's Quest. So, yeah, why not? The I think Jamie Hayter and the Prisley have basically beaten everybody else who's a tag team at this point. So, why not throw a rookie, at us almost rookie, in there? Yeah, I, part of me, like, this is the only match on the card that really made me feel like this is giving me a sense of the scale of, like, the mm-hmm. roster, that it's a smaller roster, mm-hmm. which is not an indictment, it's just more, it's a fact of Joshi yep. wrestling at the t- at this moment, yep. that of just, like, one half of the losing member of the championship <laughs> challenge team immediately jumps to the head of the line with just somebody who they think is, is deserving. Yeah. Though I also think it's because of uh, B and Jamie's arrogance that they accepted in the first place. That's true. Because they could have been like, fuck you, like, go win, like, twice, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go win at all, yeah. as a team. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had a good uh, good chemistry between the two teams. I think the other tag match is a little bit stronger, a little bit more memorable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like seeing Jamie Hayter work. I think Momo and B Priestley have good chemistry, and there's good history there as characters. So, yeah. I like Momo a lot, but I think I like Momo more as a singles, because yeah. I think that she stood out a lot in terms of her sequences in this match, but mm-hmm. I didn't get any sense of a tag team dynamic with her and Utami. That's true. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. It felt like the uh, singles matches, like, match together. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so then we got the main event. 
Mayu Iwatani versus Saki Kashima in a lumberjack match. It sure was. <laughs> that was a lot of outside interference, and that yeah. was into it. Yep, definitely. Uh, they basically had their respective factions, Stars and Oedo Tai, at ringside uh, to help them keep each other in the ring, and neither of them were particularly good at that. Nope. Oedo Tai was good at beating up Mayu and making her an underdog. Something crashing in my kitchen. I assume it's fine. Oh, boy. <laughs> Keaton's not down there, so it doesn't really... You know, uh, they're adults. They can handle it. That's fair. Um, it may have been a waiter tie fucking up the kitchen because <laughs> they're very good. It would not. <laughs> it would not surprise me. Yep. Well, it would surprise me because it's a long flight. <laughs> yeah, I assume there's a travel ban. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if anybody could find a way, it's the members of a waiter tie. They probably that's what that that box they keep bringing to the ring is for. You just <laughs> to hop inside of it, and then you pop out in uh, the U.S. Of all the things in the world, for like. Any group of people in society to really slow play, it would be a women's professional wrestling group having a Looney Tunes magic transport box. But if anyone's going to have it, it's the faction that was founded by Chris Wolf. It's true. <laughs> ah, precious human meat. Yes, I know. So yeah, this was a good match. Uh, Saki doesn't do much for me as a singles wrestler, but this like hid her weaknesses a little bit more just by having Mayu get beaten up. Uh, by the by, a whole group of people. Yeah, I every time Saki was on offense, I kind of was just waiting for Mayu to rally back, which mm -hmm. Mayu does a tremendous job of looking like a face in peril and firing back in <laughs> doing fun things like throwing Saki out of the ring at people. Yes, but she she, uh, she set up for her uh, well, it's the a, running three. Yeah, the yeah. running three move that uh, she tried to do in her previous uh, big uh, main event match, and then. Well, this time she was able to do it. Yep. She threw Saki out to all the lumberjacks. Like, hey, fuck you guys. Uh, you're all, you're a bad group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eat more of your badness. I don't think my, I don't think either of us are very far off from Amayu taunting somebody. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, that's part of Mayu's strength is like her, her physical and <clears throat> social awkwardness comes out in her violence and it translates real well. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those, that, like you'd mentioned in her previous match, she couldn't do the running three, and then this one, she could. So yes. whenever moves themselves kind of become part of the storytelling in, in matches, I love that because mm -hmm. it makes each movement more meaningful. Yep. Um, she also was crazy enough to roll backwards down a full flight of stairs. Multiple yeah. full flights of stairs. It Yeah. Um, I, I cringe whenever any wrestler does that anyway. Time Bomb comes to mind. Yep, he when, has the last notable one to do it. Yeah. Um, I think the same venue, probably. I think so. And th there's no breaking your fall on that. You're just tumbling backwards on stone or concrete or whatever the hell it's made of. It mm -hmm. has to suck. Yep. Um, it, yeah, it's, I feel like it's a, it's a thing that you could only do with no audience. Because if there was an audience, if I was in the audience... I would have dove in front of her to try to stop her from rolling down the, those stairs. Yeah. I mean, it, it's absolutely one of those suspension of disbelief type of moments of just like, yeah. she... And, and that, in a way, if you wanted to think about it in real terms, makes it more scary because she's choosing to throw herself down multiple stairs. Yeah, she wasn't like she was like uh, 300-style kicked it down the stairs. It was a very light push and then mostly rolling backwards. Which I'm sure, like, she tucks her chin and keeps it safe, but it's still, that's gotta hurt. Oh, yeah, your her, head, neck, her, and shoulders gotta be sore. Her back was 
pretty like like red and like swollen from that. Uh, brutal match, but a good uh, one to have Maya win, and that presumably wraps up that feud yep. pretty much. Uh, now, oh, Saki's free to just be a member of Oedo Tai. Who are just, like, gaining a lot of ground and momentum. Yeah. Um, Queen's Quest can't seem to catch a break, even though they're going to be getting a tag title shot next. Um, Tokyo Cyber Squad and... Uh, what's the name of Julia's group? Bella Donna? Della Del Mundo. Della Del Mundo. Yeah. So they're they're wrapped up in each other, and Stars is just kind of... I mean, they got the top championship. Hanging out on top, Top yeah. two championships, actually, yeah. uh, singles-wise. Mm. So, who's... Okay, Future's not... Uh, is vacated right now. Yeah, so that's the top two singles things. I don't remember who's the high-speed champion right now uh, because they were doing a... They're kind of doing a five-star Grand Prix kind of thing or a, a G1 style, a round-robin tournament uh, with the high-speed people. But obviously this has put a real... You know, the virus has put a real interruption on that. Yep. So I have no idea who has what rankings, and I, I'm willing to bet the wrestlers don't either. Yeah. It seems to be a running thing with the stardom... Uh, tournaments. If you're not the Cinderella tournament with the one and out, you fucking don't know what you're doing until you just got to win until someone tells you you've won. Yeah, <laughs> so keep fighting. <laughs> and we will keep fighting through the next event we're going to cover. WWE had their annual Elimination Chamber event last Sunday. Uh, boy, howdy. It sure happened. <laughs> um, it's not a bad pay-per-view. Um... <laughs> so, like, I'm I'm trying to think of how to begin this because okay. when when we were even starting this episode of the podcast and you said we have two shows to cover, my stomach dropped because I was like, "What was the other show?" <laughs> that's fair. I that's how memorable this was. Which they had a week and a half to build this up after the Saudi Blood Money show. <laughs> yep, and very little was done in the way of building up any of the matches, including not knowing who was going to be all in them even yeah. the week of the show. You know, Elimination Chamber, even by like a, a regular WWE calendar, quote-unquote, is like usually smack in the middle of the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Yep. And by that point, it's like right at the point where we're all like, okay, we know what you're building to at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, Becky Lynch is going to fight Shayna Baszler. Brock Lesnar is going to fight Drew McIntyre. Whatever. We know... What it is, it's just like it's just like the one that fills up the little bits of storytelling that you need to do at a big event, and I think they just throw these elimination chamber matches out because it's got six competitors in it, and like maybe they'll surprise you. Yep. Like that time Bray Wyatt won the WWE title in one of these. It's true. Um, but ninety percent of the time, it does not surprise you. <laughs> no, um, and, and a lot of times it'll confuse you <laughs> and just make you kind of stare at it while it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, at least this one. I thought the first half of this pay per view was tremendous. Yeah, I we were messaging a little bit back and forth. Um, were you watching it live as it happened? Yep. So you were watching it live. I st I dove in at ten o'clock and jumped around back forth. Yeah. And in that way, the piecemeal way that I was able to watch it, I loved it until yep. the chamber matches. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so the first like half of the show and the kickoff, super solid. Yeah. Did I watch the kickoff? I don't think I did. I oh no, I did not. I was watching the DDT water park thing yeah and then show and then eventually i was like oh this thing has like 40 minutes left i gotta stop uh let's watch a thing that i was with Alyssa, and i was like let's watch a thing that we can see the ending too and we just threw on a quick gotta move thing Alyssa was elated by all of the dt shit i showed her by Ooh. the way yeah it was delightful that's a good sign for gotta move yeah 
Um, um, I'm, I am honestly, I just might be misremembering where Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak were because for me that was the kickoff. It was, yeah. I think the list I have here is out of order. Okay, but um, yeah, just, just the same. It's a Philly crowd. That's where Gulak's from. Yes, he faces off against Daniel Bryan with. This honestly might be the match that had the most build on any match on the card. <laughs> um, except the Intercontinental title match. Everything else was just kind of mishmash. I would say, in some ways, the women's chamber match had a good build. I mean, the story in the match and going into the match was just Shannon Baszler. What's she about? Oh, she's about murdering people. Yep. Okay. Like, that was basically it. It's not like the most dynamic story, but they, they did tell it. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think like Gulak and uh, Brian, like Gulak's been pointing out weaknesses in Daniel Bryan's game, and Daniel Brown's like, okay, well, if I'm so weak, fight me. Yeah, and so they fought, and man, uh, it's it was a match that was very atypical of the WWE style. Mm. It it felt very much like your Ring of Honor style or indie style, yeah. something that was just more ground-based, more fundamentally sound. Yeah. And if you're going to pick two guys in the company to represent that well visually, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak are top tier. Yeah, like, WWE style is usually kind of a more brawling style, like a lot of punching and kicks and traditional wrestling moves, whereas what they did here was closer to amateur style wrestling, like what you would see at the Olympics or whatever, except they were throwing each other real fucking hard. Yeah. The, the first, like, 10-15 minutes of this match is them just trading holds, chain wrestling, uh, a lot of technical mastery and, and escapes. Yeah. first person to throw, like, a hard strike in this match is Daniel Bryan because he gets frustrated by how good Drew Gulak turns mm -hmm. out to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, it doesn't look like a super devastating match. Aside from, like, Daniel Bryan taking a like, German suplex, like, straight on his head. Oh, uh, please protect that poor boy. Yeah, that was... Whew. But, like, aside from that, like, you watch this match and it's like, oh, they're just putting... You know, they're holding each other and, like, you know, headlocks and rolling around and shit and reversals. And then you get to the end of the match, you're like, holy shit, there's, like, gashes on their backs and, like, just these red lumps and spots and bruises and whatever. It's, yeah. I think that was... It was a really visceral... Uh, like almost animalistic match that I really enjoyed. Yeah. It all all of those points on top of it having to build well not having to, but seeming to logically mm -hmm. build to these are two guys with strong submission finishes mm -hmm. and who's gonna be able to apply there more effectively and win it. Yep. And it was Daniel Bryan in this case. Yep. Which makes sense. He's the more experienced one. Yep. Yeah, send the crowd um uh, happy with the bigger face. Yep. Yeah, even though it's Drew Gulak's hometown. Uh but yeah, great start to a pay per view and then we went to uh, and yeah, Andrade. Andrade versus I thought I thought it's Alistair and I was like, what the fuck? But no, <laughs> it's Andrade uh, versus Humberto Carrillo. Yeah. In okay for the United States Championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was also excellent in very different way. Very good. M yeah, much quicker pace. Um, Humberto Carrillo is continuing to get a lot of shine as what seems like a WWE pet project. Mm -hmm. um, Andrade back from his wellness thingy. Yeah. Um, didn't okay, excuse like, me, I think you mean being DDT'd onto the concrete. I, I apologize. Yeah. Um, cause he, that, his yeah. brain got hit so hard by the concrete, it, it, a test showed that it seemed like it might have had drugs in it. <laughs> <laughs> it just changed the chemistry. He got hit so hard that a drug test was like, oh, fuck, there's drugs. Could you imagine <laughs> anybody who tested positive for drugs in real life? <laughs> and they were like, no, no, officer. I was DDT'd real hard. You don't understand. I'm the victim here. <laughs> well, that's what happens to Andrade. I have to go home paid for 30 days. 
Where there's two lucha wrestlers. The only thing that hurts us is I think of this match that happened a bunch of times already this yeah. year. But otherwise, uh, these guys are really great together. Yep. Um, it, it's exactly that. It feels like another version of a match we've already seen already, down to the finish. Like, yeah. this point for point has already happened. Um, okay. Andrade rolling up Umberto for the win with tights. Yep. They already did it. Yep. Um, but that being said, it, it was a great match. Right. Um, and this was, again, representative of the strength of this whole pay-per-view, which was the singles matches. Yep, definitely. I think it helps that uh, the storyline was Andrade's fresh back from, quote-unquote, injury. And so he was, like, more aggressive, trying to beat up uh, Humberto. But, uh, yeah, he he did do that, and he did win. So uh, good for him, keeping his momentum. He did the deal. Yep. So let's see. I'll just go in the order of this fucking thing, and we can get to the chamber matches at the end. Because it didn't go in order. I'm pretty sure the next match was the tag championships. We'll get there. Mm. Uh, the next match was Aleister Black versus AJ Styles. Loved it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Lo- no DQ match, I should add. Loved it without the caveat of... It's a no DQ match. AJ Styles came up with the club. Yep. So anybody who has just been watching wrestling for, say, longer than a year or two or just understands what a stipulation is, get, what impact it's going to have on a match... Mm. It didn't feel like you could ever settle into it being the finish until the the club got involved. Yes. But the build to it was very good. Yeah, I think they did all the right things. It's just that one thing, like the club being out there cheering on AJ Styles in a match where they're the bad guys. There's no repercussions if they get involved. You're like, they're going to get involved. When are they going to get involved? Why aren't they getting involved yet? And then eventually they do. But like up until that point, great stuff. They were very creative with their use of all the weapons that they brought out. Uh, they definitely hit each other super hard to keep the audience interested. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see more of these guys in like a regular match. Yeah, the, and I'll throw a rare, com- I'll throw what feels like a rare compliment to the announced team. Byron Saxon, of all people, made the point of AJ Styles was targeting Alistair Black's leg throughout the match, hitting yep. up the kendo sticks, doing wear down moves, which was building up to the calf crusher. Yep, which didn't all- decide the match, but warmed down. Yep, warmed down, and also Alistair Black's finisher is a kick. So. Exactly. Uh, not having that leg to you know, use as a base would yes. also help. Yeah, um, Saxon's comment was the plant leg. Not yeah. taking away the plant leg so you right. can't kick effectively. Exactly. Love that. It's it's analysis that doesn't always get peppered into matches, and it helped a lot here. Yeah. Um, and at the end, the club did get involved, but then Dong, Undertaker, come out. <laughs> you just whipping his dick around. <laughs> um, and American Bad. <laughs> Wash my dick. <laughs> Didn't ride his motorcycle to the ring, not no. this time. No, he did the right. He was the Undertaker, classic style, uh, legacy edition, I guess. Yep. Uh, like, I think, what was it? They were, like, going for, they were beating up um, Aleister Black, and then the lights go out, and the lights turn on, and he's got the the club in a uh, choke slam hold, and he slams them, and Aleister Black eventually wins it because AJ Styles doesn't have his friends anymore. Yep. It, it's the best way to beat an ultra-talented cocky heel is take away the shortcut he didn't need yeah. to take in the first place. For sure. Like, if, listen, if the lights turn out right now and Undertaker beat up Dennis, I would lose whatever match I was involved in, for sure. Who would you be fighting? <laughs> I don't know, maybe Keaton. Oh! Yeah, I don't know where he went, and that's why he's so dangerous. I don't know where the club went. <laughs> they disappeared when the lights turned on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I think the lack of drama... 
uh, heard it. I think this was the first match I, I watched that I was like, okay, I'm starting to tune out of this pay-per-view. Mm. But I could understand not feeling that way if you were skipping back and forth throughout. I, that definitely helped the view into this a whole lot. And I just, it, it's two people who I really like. AJ Styles was the reason I got into TNA back mm. in 2005. Yep. And he's had some ups and downs in the WWE. I'd mostly say ups. Mostly and, ups, yeah. Um, Aleister Black's been a member of the main roster now for like a year, maybe yeah. two years. Um, and he's been hanging out in a room yeah. waiting for people to knock. <laughs> I would say if AJ Styles has had mostly ups, yeah. Aleister Black has had mostly neutrals. Mostly doors. Yeah, he's just been hanging out. You know, every three months he has like a four-star match with somebody, and then he goes back to being in his room and monologuing about nothing, whatever. Yeah. But, but considering the lows, how the lows could be, it's not bad. Yeah. And for a guy who he doesn't have a ton of character development, he hasn't had a lot of stick time saying anything meaningful or a ton of matches, it, this is the type of match that can really level set in terms Definitely. of here's AJ Styles, main event, former world heavyweight champion. Here's Aleister Black, guy who needs to build more of a narrative to who he is and why you should yeah. care about him. Here's a good match to tell you why. Tattoo enthusiast Aleister Black. That yes. is mostly his character right now. Why won't people fight me? <laughs> He's just... <laughs> he just doesn't know. You gotta go to the sign-up sheet before SmackDown. <laughs> and then you, you see, like, oh, uh, uh, Shorty G has a promo? Well, I'm gonna interrupt that promo. And then you come out, and then you, you fight, and you have a good match, and then hopefully people uh, take notice of you. That's how it works in the WWE, man. Uh, yeah, so I accidentally skipped the match. Uh, uh, I'm, I've got the iPad at a an angle, so I have trouble reading. But uh, the next match that we can talk about, the tag Raw Tag Titles... The Street Profits versus Seth Rollins and Murphy. The, the latter are the champions. The only match on the show because I was skipping around that I didn't watch. Okay, well, guess what? It happened like three times in ten days, so yep. you don't have to. I mean, one of them was Saudi Arabia. Neither of us watched that one. <gasps> but, uh, yeah, so there's it's another thing where they just overdid it. Yeah. Uh, this one ended with the Street Profits winning, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, Still the champs. Yes. Oh, no, the... Seth and Buddy Murphy came in as the champions. In this one? Yeah. No, no, no. Because the, they kicked off Raw last week. Um, not this week, but last week, where out of nowhere, the Street Profits were just like, you have to win this title match or you'll never have another title match again. And then they did. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, are we sure? Because I really think... Oh, Positive. The, okay. Because that was like one of the big shining moments of... Like the street profits themselves. Yeah, you're right. Into Fuck. The Maybe I just like got confused with the the thing. It was a really not memorable match. Is the point? Uh, See, <laughs> See? Like, this is the point I was making earlier. Yeah. I'm just like there. There was so much weird, disjointed storytelling leading into the show that it was hard to remember anything. Yep, I agree. It was just like yeah, I don't. I didn't care about this match going in, other than like I want street profits to. Be successful. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They also had the titles when they did a promo before the match. Right? Exactly. I, um, I literally blanked on this one. And in total fairness to you and fans, like that's how much the tag titles mean right now. Yeah. Not a not a knock on the Street Profits or any team on either brand. Yeah. Like, Miz and Morrison were going into the chamber as champions against nobody else who earned an opportunity mm -hmm. in any meaningful way except for maybe the New Day. Yeah. Like, Lucha House Party hadn't been wrestling on TV to earn title opportunities. If you didn't know that they were on SmackDowns because you haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. Um, Heavy Machinery has just been trying to get a date with Mandy. <laughs> and yeah. like, and it's not going well. No. Like, Rude and Ziggler have been fucking with 
Roman Reigns, like, no one's really been focused on tag team wrestling. That's so true. for it to be surprising or in any way just kind of, like, memorable to keep track of who's on Raw, like, why would you? Yeah, I know. It's all, it, it means so little that uh, the tag team in that faction did not win the tag team titles. Yep. It's very weird. The authors of Bicep Tears. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Now they're going to be out for a while again. Yep. Uh, let's see. So that one was bullshit. Uh, <laughs> 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 these are two okay that that's weird they like even wikipedia has it in like a weird order no one can keep the order right because no one can remember what happens anymore nobody watched it <laughs> oh, i was God. alone and i also was uh, maybe it's because i was high i don't know <laughs> i'm a fucking podcaster not a journalist um, sure. uh so yeah next match we can talk about <clears throat> the ic title match with braun Strowman fighting all three, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. Thank God they did the logical thing here. Mm. Of just like, I love I love all four guys in this match. Yeah. I really, really do. But so much of me was afraid that you're going to have three world-class professional wrestlers. One, a former IWGP heavyweight champion, every champion in New Japan. Yeah. Cesaro, who should be a world champion, has held every mid-card title and tag title. Yep. Sami Zayn, who hadn't held the title yet but was the heart and soul of NXT during its ascension from mm -hmm. weird NXT, like weird Hulu show yeah. that they gave up that used to be a talent show to third brand. Yeah. I mean, Zayn and Cesaro were the signature feud of early NXT. Yeah. And you get Braun Strowman, who at this point should have been a world champion like four times over, but they love Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So four guys who really should be in the world title scene, but if they're going to be in the IC title scene to elevate it, great. Good. Yeah. And they did the logical thing. Three guys teamed up on one, intelligently, wore him down, beat him, champion. Yes. Yeah, I am so... Oh, wow, they did not include the match times. This, uh... That's so fun. No one cares about this paper to the point. <laughs> like, you... Time stood still. Yeah. You, like, go on an AEW pay-per-view page, like... And, like, as it's happening, the last match that happened, they got the time, the bell-to-bell -bell time right there on Wikipedia. This one, it's been, like, a week and uh, nothing. Yep. Uh, so, I don't know how long it was. It was a short match, as it should have been. Yeah. Uh, I I think we were all afraid that they were going to do the Braun Strowman strong thing with, like, having him lift up all three guys he was fighting and, like, power slamming them, which I'm sure he could do. Yeah. And I'm, like, 30% sure it could still happen at WrestleMania. Yeah. As a big WrestleMania moment. But otherwise, you know, I'm happy to see Sami Zayn get the title win, man. It warmed my heart because the way it ended was they did a triple team move on Braun, and then uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro like looked at each other and rolled out of the ring, and Sammy was like surprised and took the pin and won the title that yeah. way. That's how factions should work. Yeah. Like, it's part of what's made the Undisputed Era so dynamic and magnetic in NXT. They care about each other. Mm -hmm. Adam Cole's a dickhead. They're all dickheads. Yes. But they understand that when they band together, in their dickishness, they're better. So They're, they're a hard dick. Yeah. Like The Undertaker. <laughs> Dong. <laughs> But, yeah, and that's the other thing, is that, like, Cesaro and Shinsuke have accomplished so much in their careers, especially Shinsuke. Yeah. He doesn't really need another accolade. He just was Intercontinental Champ. Yeah. It's so, nothing for him. Right. And so this, but it adds something for Sammy. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, going into the match, the stipulation was that on that three-person team, whoever gets the pin, if they get the pin, would become the champion. Right. And, I mean, that implies that maybe the faction would break up because they would fight over it although i want to be champion and then they didn't they all came to a mutual agreement and they warmed my heart yeah which i did not expect from this match and good for them 
Yeah, I, for me, it was like an emotional high point for the pay-per-view. I, as I was watching, I was thinking, like, are they really are they gonna like try to brand this thing now that it's working as like a new age League of Nations? I mm, hope not, because then no. they, they'll probably start eating more losses. Yeah. yeah. But I'm enjoying it for now. Um, yeah. Braun looked great in defeat because it took three people to beat him. Mm-hmm. And on to the next for the mid card. Yep. So let's see. I think that's all the non elimination chamber matches. Let's talk about the Elimination Chamber matches. Yep. I like the tag team one. I liked it a lot. I liked. I loved the first half of it mm. until Heavy Machinery, who were just new to main event style, were asked to carry the the, the rhythm of the match. And then no. they had a lot of moments where they were just standing around waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah, that's true. But New Day started out with uh, Usos, right? Yep. And yeah, there's two teams that work incredible together, working incredible together. Yeah, it's like... You, out of all the teams in this match, there's no better pair to start off and just, you know, kill time for five minutes or however long the chamber lasts before another team gets released into the wild. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like or, a wild pierogi. Yeah, or into the cage, I guess. It's not the wild because there's, whatever. <laughs> into the well-known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then we got, like, some veteran teams going in there. You're right. Like, a lot of it was based on... Uh, Heavy Machinery's uh, Otis hating Dolph Ziggler for going on a date with Mandy Rose, which for her end, she seems like she's just, she's gone from like being a part of this storyline to kind of just being an, an idea. Yeah. In a way, you know? Yeah. It's stupid. Like, at least in the context of this Elimination Chamber match, because like, she's not going to get involved in this. It's just Otis trying to beat up Dolph Ziggler, and then they eliminated <laughs> Heavy Machinery. To like the most heel heat of the night. That's true. I'm, I'm smirking right now because yeah. I'm I'm remembering the spot where Titus runs through the pods and runs out of the chamber, yeah. which is a really cool visual. Do you remember the Royal Rumble where yeah. he just appeared from under the ring oh, yeah. to break Mandy's fall? Yeah. What if Mandy tried to do that? <laughs> I'm just like, I'll save you. She's very strong. She's been on Muscle Fitness Magazine's cover or whatever that uh, fitness magazine she was on. I don't know if she's that blue collar strong. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know how strong any of these people are, really. That's true. <laughs> but just the same. Yeah. Um, God, and like, there was so much happening up, into the, up to that point. Yeah. Because I, we've seen a lot, as fans, we've seen a lot of like Elimination Chamber big spots. The big one from Heavy Machinery was Otis running out. The second biggest one, Tucky did a fucking full somersault off the top of a pod. Mm-hmm. Tucky's yeah. a 300 pound dude. Yeah. He's very athletic. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. Uh, the one thing that hurt that was that I don't know if this was the camera's fault or Otis's fault, but he was like going like, Tuck it, do the thing. And he was like hand, like hand motions or whatever. And it took like forever yeah. for like everyone to get into position to catch him doing this uh, somersault. But yeah, overall, I thought it was good. Uh, you know, I think chamber matches are always just good, and then they rarely get to great. Yeah. But they also, I don't think, have ever really been bad. Um, I mean, the Intercontinental title one, the Ryback one, okay, where, like, yeah, the pod right. broke and Mark Henry just didn't know what to do. Oh, yeah, there have been some where, like, the, the chamber does get in, in the way, but, like, the booking of it wasn't wrong. Yeah, no, Miz and Morrison retaining is the right call. Yeah. They walked in as champs, they should leave as champs, they just won the titles, Yeah, and there was no strong reason another chance, like, the only team I think it would have been interesting for it to change to was Lucha House Party, because they weren't really around. Yeah. And Grand Metalik looks great. I feel like he yeah. he had always been kind of pudgy, and he looks real good right now. Yeah, Lince also, like, had some high spots that were very memorable. 
That, that would have been the biggest surprise. I kind of, I could have seen them giving Rude and Ziggler or Heavy Machinery the win just to, I, I assume that that feud's going to come to a head at WrestleMania yeah. and give them a title to fight over in addition to their personal animosity. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They did the right thing. Uh, Miz and Morrison forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, no problem with the dirt sheet retaining. Yep, they just, I think there were parts of this match that were slow, like in between waiting for the next team to come in, but otherwise they filled the time pretty well. Yeah. And Lindsay did like a fucking shooting star press from the top of the the middle of the roof of the chamber. Yeah, he which, had to just hang with his mm-hmm. arms above him and then, yeah, front backflip himself onto everybody. Yeah, Super real, impressive. Yeah. I, I, the way he landed too, I, like he, he got like a crowd of people, but he did kind of land on his feet. And I was like, man, how did he not break both of his legs right there? Yep. Uh, yeah, so now let's talk about uh, again weird order. Um, and they didn't didn't really put the uh, results in. They're, it's still not filled in. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the list of matches. That's why they. So the pre-show, just for anybody listening, I'm just going to describe this. Uh, usually in Wikipedia, if you go to a pay-per-views uh, results section, there's a table with the you know the matches who won. Uh, any stipulations and the time uh this one somebody filled out <laughs> the pre-show result of the viking raiders being uh, zach Ryder and kurt hawkins uh and the time and then they fucking gave up yeah <laughs> there, there's they fell asleep n- there's nothing else here nobody else has come by in the last five or six days updated uh it's too funny if if you're reading this on wikipedia you, you're still waiting for the rest of the show to happen. As far as you know, it was just the tag match. You don't know. Yeah, you know that Daniel Bryan won his match with Drew Gulak, but you don't know how long that took. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It doesn't have a single result after that. <laughs> and it, according to this, it was headlined by Andrade versus Umberto. Which, to be fair, yeah. uh, you know, you got to push for the, um, the Lucha audience. Um, but yeah, so... Oh my god, can you keep scrolling? Because, yeah. like, they don't even have the women's <laughs> chamber match. Oh, no, it is, it's list. here. It's, a, it's number three. Oh, but they don't even... They don't mark... Okay, they do mark it as an elimination chamber. Okay. Yeah, they do. It's All just right. There's no winner attached to it. Right. So who knows? Uh, who knows who's going to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania? Okay. All right, that's a good podcast. Good night, everybody. Bye! <laughs> no, uh, we know who won. It was Shayna Baszler. Yep. It was obvious going in. I don't know. What'd you think of this match? It's been mixed reactions on the internet. To I say the least. I hate it, mm. um, which is a shame because it did no favors to the people in the match who worked really hard to make it meaningful. Yeah. Um, but I think they were set up to fail here. Um, which, the only person of note who was in this match was Shayna. Yeah. No one else had a chance to win. Yeah. So it it felt very similar to the elimination chamber that had Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns in it mm. where only oh, yeah. one of the two of them could win Braun right. eliminated everybody else and then it was down to him and Roman and then the question was who's going to win yeah you didn't even have that dynamic with this because right. the only other person who it seemed like could win was Asuka but she was hurt yeah and even if she wasn't hurt she just finished feuding with Becky right. so it's one of those things where if there's already a logical conclusion like the Braun Strowman match right at least make it interesting to get there and I just feel like they really failed to do that. Yeah, I um, I forgot that Asuka was going in like hurt or like she had a sickness or something like that. Her wrist. Oh yeah, yeah, right. It was a wrist injury. So I forgot about that, and I was wondering why it was like so sudden. Like I feel like the the rest of the match, I'm like, oh, I'm okay with this booking. Like, do you want Shannon Brazler to come in strong? Becky Lynch is like nearly undefeatable. 
um, in 2020 as it is. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you got to build someone up super strong. You throw six people at them and have her, like, choke them out in quick succession. That's fine. Uh, but then Asuka comes in, and it's kind of like the story of the match is the right story for what they, they're going for long term. Yeah. It's just, like, as it as the main event of a pay-per-view, it is, like, very deflating. It felt very deflating. It felt like there were a lot of small choices that should have built to more of, like, a big crescendo or catharsis, yeah. whatever you want to say. Whoever decided the timing of that match, whenever Asuka eliminated... Or not, not Asuka, but Shayna eliminated somebody mm. and just had her stand around for three minutes, no one can make that entertaining except for, like, The Rock yeah. or... Rowdy Roddy Piper or like, <laughs> basically somebody who you could throw a mic to and have them talk for the, like two minutes or whatever they have to wait or gesture like to yeah. do something more like storytelling wise while you're forcing the audience to wait for the next part of the match that you have full control over <laughs> being able to pace yep like it's not one of those things where they were physically too far away from each other to interact you just open a door yeah and it, it was inferior like I've never done this in, in watching a wrestling show before. I started clicking ahead furiously oh, yeah. <laughs> to get to the next part because I was just like, they're really just going to have people boo Shayna for standing there. Mm -hmm. It like There's good heat, which is booing somebody for murdering someone with a door, yep. which she looked uh, Shayna looked awesome running through Natalia and disposing very, very quickly of Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot. Yeah. She looks like a world beater. But then you get to the parts with... Liv Morgan and Natalia, those eliminations, it took forever. Yeah. And there was never any doubt that she was going to beat them. Yeah. So by the time she got to Asuka, I just wanted the match to be over. Right. I did like, well, first off, when it was down to Liv Morgan and Asuka, I was like, oh, maybe Liv Morgan will have a burst of <laughs> offense. You would turn a lot for Emperor, surprise us all. And then she just, she got, I liked uh, Shanna basically choking her out in front of Asuka, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, that was, that was badass. That's a cool visual. Yeah, and then, uh, the rest, I mean, we all know in our hearts that Shayna and Asuka are capable of a five-star match. Yep. This wasn't it. Uh, this wasn't even really a tease of it because Asuka wasn't 100%, which is yeah. too bad. Uh, otherwise, I think they could have given them, if Asuka was healthy, they could have given them an extra seven minutes or so and really built it up to something. Yeah. Instead she just got squashed. What makes me upset about the like the inclusion of who was in this match, mm -hmm. Natalia hadn't been doing anything important leading up to this. You could have replaced her with Kyrie. Yeah. And you could have had a much more interesting story in my head at least of if Asuka's hurt, then you have Kyrie come out last or second to last. Asuka gets eliminated first. Kyrie then gets, you know, fired up. Yeah. Because the they have histories. Yeah. That Shayna and Kyrie have history, like you said, mm -hmm. but also the Kabuki Warriors don't really have a strong alignment. Yeah. So if you, I'm not saying you have to flip them, but at least in the context of that match, you can have Kyrie be the babyface because mm -hmm. at that point you had Asuka and Shayna who were heels anyway. Yeah. So just add some, a little bit more, something fiery, something yeah. different instead of just Shayna beats everyone. Yeah. Also, they threw all of the uh, Riot Squad in there, and they're currently feuding with each other. Yep. All three of them are in this match. Yep. And that never really paid off in any way. Like, Sarah Logan fought Ruby Riot a little bit, mm. but they both just got squashed by Shane as soon as she got out. Yeah, Liv Morgan, the face of that triad, mm. didn't get the chance to interact with either one of them. Yep. So, no story development on the Riot Squad, which is a shame. Mm. Um, Ruby just got back and is now healthy. 
they're pivoting Liv Morgan off of Lana, which is a very good choice. <laughs> and Sarah Logan gets to do something on pay-per-view. Yeah. But mm, they didn't advance it anyway. Yep. So it just, it felt bad. It felt like a yeah. real disservice to all six. Yeah, I feel like this probably should have been the middle, the women's chamber match and the tag one should have been the top one. Yep. Um, or maybe Braun Strowman, the triple threat, whatever. A lot of the other matches were more dynamic, I guess is what we're saying. And I just, and I and I would even hate to have this in, but just have, like, fucking Lesnar or Goldberg show up at the very end and be like, no, we're not done yet, but here's a talking segment, fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, just something more so that your lasting memory isn't just, yep, Shane just beat everybody. Yeah, I was waiting for something to happen, like, NXT style after the copyright thing came up, but nothing happened. Uh, just like most Elimination Chamber pay-per-views. Mm. That's not fair, this one. Some things did happen. Yeah. We got uh, a couple good matches, we got a title change we welcome, and uh, a Wrestle Down podcast that was fun to do. Yeah! <laughs> so it's not all bad stuff, and uh, well, now we're set on the road to WrestleMania. If it happens, we'll see. Oh my god, which like... I am in love with the idea of a WrestleMania that happens in front of no people. <laughs> um, just like the idea of Vince McMahon having to swallow like a huge stage performance with pyro in pomp circumstance in front of nobody. Yeah. For health reasons. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no. It, I mean, they're pretty, they seem dead set on having it still happen. I, I don't know. I don't think it's, I, I think something's going to have to, sh the push is going to come to shove here. By uh, law, I don't think they're going to be able to. Like, d today we're recording this, it's March 12th? Uh, yep. Um, the NBA suspended its season. Mm -hmm. Major League so Soccer suspended its season. Baseball as well. Baseball. MLB, yeah. NHL is more than likely going to lean in that direction because you have three other major leagues who are doing that and major health. Yeah. It would be insane <laughs> to think that professional wrestling would be like, you know what? Everyone else is too afraid of getting sick. <laughs> These mass gatherings. No, we're having WrestleMania. Get on our pirate ship. Vince McMahon is insane, though. That's the one thing we can always count on. Yeah. I think he's going to, right up until as the last possible second that he can hold off from making that decision. Um, supposedly, he met with officials from Miami to talk about it, and they haven't canceled it yet, but mm. I think uh, if things keep getting worse, they'll have to. And until then, we'll fucking cover classic shows and also uh, tomorrow night's SmackDown. They're going to hold it at the WWE Performance Center. Yeah. Uh, which is basically their tr gym, training center, whatever, what have you. Uh, so there, you know, it's another no-audience show, and it will be interesting to see how WWE responds to not having an audience to laugh at dog food. Four, <laughs> two words, four syllables. Eric Buganak. <laughs> it's time! Linda, we bought this crate of dog food, and now we don't have a fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't want Buganaka to be a dog. <laughs> what have I done? Oh, God. So, yeah, this has been the Wrestle Down. I'm Jared Palapal. Twitter.com. Swing dingling. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me Dennis Bruno. At Sensei Denny B on Instagram. That's... Oh, that's at DBurn42 on Instagram. <laughs> at Sensei Denny B on I have... I have not corona. <laughs> this is what happens when we do the show on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday. I only have my Twitter handle loaded up for just that one day. <laughs> <laughs> the world's melting. DeepRuno42 on Instagram. At SenseiDennyB on Twitter. And Keaton is Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. He is our mascot. We love him. We love you. Uh, be healthy. Wash your hands. 
Thank you for listening up to the Wrestle Down. Bye bye. Wow. He's gonna be doing our remote segments. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like water, so the jacuzzi is not. <laughs> Not his favorite, but he is. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Is he in the jacuzzi? <laughs> no. He is trying to eat my plants again. Wait, kid, did you eat more of the plants?